Hello, and welcome to Nothing Ever Happens in Canada, but we know this is simply not true. This is a Canadian podcast looking to explore the myths, legends, and just good old stories Canada has to tell. I'm Canadian Girl. Thanks so much for joining me here today in the prairies as we go searching for some very haunted objects. Like a car that just might still be driven by its old owner, even when you think you are the one at the wheel. A plane that took off down the runway by itself, no pilot anywhere in sight, and landed on top of another plane, a feat most skilled pilots would not even attempt. Then there is the horse and carriage, slowly making its way down the eighth floor hallway of another one of those haunted Fairmont hotels. And that's just a few of them. But first, like always, we have to go over a little bit of that business stuff. If you are loving these adventures here on the channel, please let me know by leaving a review or a comment on the app you're listening to. I personally hang out on the CastBox app most days and would love to hear from you if you are listening on there. The most important place though to leave a review and help out this little Canadian podcast so we can meet the rest of the world is on Apple Podcasts. These guys control the charts. So the more reviews you leave on there, the more awesome adventurers from around the world we can meet just like you. Most recently, we were on the Apple History Top 200 Podcast Charts in Denmark, sitting at number 160, I think it was. Shout out to all my Canadian adventurers in Denmark. Hello, Denmark. Thanks so much for joining us. If you are new here to the show today, hello and welcome. I hope you enjoy today's haunted adventure, just in time for Halloween. And speaking of Halloween, we did a really awesome Halloween in Canada show last year that if you haven't been on that adventure, I highly recommend it. I'll include the link in the show notes below. The other way you can help support the show is through donations. Donations are what help keep this podcast going so everyone can enjoy it. From hosting fees to purchasing research material and updating equipment. To show your support for the show and these adventures, you can find our PayPal button right at the top of our nothingcanada.com homepage or of course, the link to make a donation is always in the show notes below. I thank you all so much for your kind generosity over the years. I couldn't have done it without your support. Okay, enough of that business stuff. We have some very haunted objects to explore here in the prairies. A haunted car, train, plane, and more. Grab your sage, blue shirts, salt, holy possessions, whatever it is that makes you feel safe when things get a little spooky, cause trust me, they're about to. Trigger warning here, this tale is about haunted objects. There are mentions of death, tragic accidents, ghost, a death of an animal, and just other unsettling things that come with these kind of stories. If any of this sounds a little bit too spooky for you today, please head out on another adventure. That being said, if you're sticking around, I'll meet you in Alberta, where there is a very spooky horse still galloping around. Our haunted adventure today begins in Edmonton, Alberta, at the Fairmont Hotel McDonald, 
If you have ever been to Edmonton before, the hotel stands just above the river valley in the downtown core, overlooking a good portion of the city, almost like a medieval castle on the hill. Like most Fairmont hotels, as we noticed in our last adventure, this one has its fair share of ghost stories too. But the one we are most interested in today is the tale about a horse that still roams on the eighth floor. That's right, a galloping horse, sometimes even with a carriage, is heard along the hallway of the eighth floor, and she even likes to hang out in the hotel's basement every once in a while. Guests and staff for years have reported hearing the same things over and over again. The story goes that back in 1914, when the Grand Hotel was being built, trigger warning here, Skip ahead about 30 seconds if you are an animal lover. A poor workhorse had collapsed from exhaustion on the property and passed away. Some stories also say the horse was killed in some sort of accident on the property. Either way, the workers did not know what to do with the poor creature, or to possibly cover up the accident as it said, and the horse was placed in the foundation of the hotel that was being poured that day forever sealing the secret of what happened to the horse on the hotel grounds. Today, the horse roaming around on the eighth floor is one of the Fairmont's most famous ghost stories, mostly due to the fact that there is a horse on the eighth floor of the hotel. It's just a very strange situation. Even stranger, the horse has never actually been seen by anyone, only heard. Over the years, she has never caused anyone any harm, other than many guests and staff have report losing many hours of sleep due to her constantly trotting back and forth on restless nights. Our next haunted tale takes us to Saskatchewan, to one of the prairie's most famous ghost stories around, known as the St. Louis Light. The small village of St. Louis, Saskatchewan is located 100 kilometers or 62 miles northeast of Saskatoon. Here it is said around the 1920s there was a train accident of some sorts. Some say a conductor was killed and, trigger warning here, please skip ahead 20 seconds. It's said the conductor was decapitated in a terrible accident. Others are not sure exactly what happened here, but what is known is that ever since, reports of the St. Louis light have been made. Believed to be a ghost train or possibly the conductor searching with a lantern for what he lost, though I'm not sure how he was to go about that considering the situation. A light is seen just outside a small town where the old train tracks used to be. The tracks are long gone today. It's just a flat stretch of grassland, like most of Saskatchewan, and no trains run through the area at all. But still, people report seeing the light of a train. Many believe the whole thing is just an optical illusion or reflection caused by the lights of cars on a nearby highway. But others are quick to point out that the sightings have been recorded since before cars had working lights, so that kind of cancels out this theory. According to Barbara Smith and her book, Ghost Stories of Canada, which was a huge, huge help for researching this tale today. So thank you for your amazing book and do go check it out if you want to discover some more Canadian ghost stories. But back to our tale. 
In her book, she states, in 1996, a young man from Edmonton, Alberta, went to film The Phantom Light. He immediately saw the light upon his arrival, but had not prepared his camera to film the event, as he had just arrived on the site. He strongly believed what he saw was in fact the light of an old train. He quickly got his camera gear together, and the phantom light never returned. Another tale from Barbara's book tells of a photographer who claimed to have filmed the strange phantom light. But when he had his film developed, it was completely white and only had two red dots on each exposure. Most reports say that the light appears as a faint glow just behind the tree line that runs along the old tracks on the right-hand side. As it moves towards the center of the old abandoned tracks, it appears to brighten and then usually vanishes shortly after that. The strange part about the phantom light, though, is that it's somewhat the same, but also different for everyone at the same time. Sometimes the light is brighter, sometimes it stays for longer, and some have even reported the light to be red. Many also state how much the light appears to be that of an old antique train, having almost that yellow lantern look. The land is on private property, so there is no tourist signs to take you there. But if you ask one of the locals, they will tell you. Almost everyone in the area has seen the ghost train known as the St. Louis Light. the Nothing Canada souvenir shop lately? Here you can find everything from face masks to comfy t-shirts, hoodies, there's notebooks to write down all your great plans for whenever we finally get out of this crazy lockdown stuff, there's towels, mugs, tote bags, and so much more. And they're all from your favorite adventures here on the channel, like the Yukon UFO, the What the Maple Syrup True Crime Adventure, Women in Writing, Mystery Mountain, and so many more. Head over to the souvenir shop today and grab a piece of your favorite adventure. The link to the souvenir shop can always be found in the show notes below or at nothingcanada.com. Hey there, I'm Jennifer and I host Haunted Happenstance, a creepy and quirky little audio drama set in a historic residence in Boston, Massachusetts. You see, I've always loved a good ghost story, and as it turns out, ghosts have always loved me too. Convenient? Maybe. Coincidence? Perhaps. But I think it's a bit more than that. Let's see if you agree. So sit back and get ready to join me, and my neighbors, for some truly spooky tales that can only be explained as haunted happenstance. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Head to StraightUpStrange.com today and check out the rest of our strange crew. Some really great merch, and we're even having an awesome Halloween contest right now. You can find all the details at StraightUpStrange.com or on my social media channels at Nothing Canada. Good luck, my friends. I hope you win.
Our next haunted tale we've all heard in one way or another before. For some, you might know the story about James Dean and his said-to-be haunted car. Others know her as Christine, thanks to legendary horror author himself, Stephen King. If you grew up when I did, it was the Goosebumps book, The Haunted Car, by our beloved R.L. Stein. And if you're hanging out on Disney+, like my adorable nephews and now baby niece, this story is a lot like Mater and the Ghostlight. It's all about a haunted car. Just after World War II ended, a young couple named Margaret and Albert from Calgary, according to Barbara Smith's amazing book, Ghost Stories of Canada, the couple would purchase a 1932 Model B Ford that was in excellent condition and truly Albert's dream car. He had worked so hard being away overseas, Margaret did not want to tell her husband what she was feeling. Her gut was telling her this car was not a good idea, but she could see her husband loved this car so she kept her bad feelings to herself, for now. Shortly after the Model B Ford was purchased, the couple went for a drive around the Cochrane area. While Albert tried desperately to pump the brakes going down a very steep hill, his brakes did not respond at all. This caused Albert to have to swerve out of control and pass cars going down the speeding hill until he could what he felt was take a safe exit into a marsh just off the side of the road. Albert had tried pumping his brakes the entire ordeal and they had never once worked. After that terrifying moment speeding down the hill and now sitting in the marsh, Margaret immediately told her husband how she felt about the car. She blurted out, half mad, half terrified, and all around confused, that she had a feeling she couldn't explain, that she could see a man in the car who was tall and thin, with dark hair, and she believed he had died in the car. She also explained to her husband she had a horrible feeling that this man would never leave the car and begged her husband to sell the car at once. Her husband absolutely refused and simply replied, the car was his now. As the couple continued on with the car, more strange things would happen. On a trip to Gibbons, which is 38 kilometers or 24 miles northwest of Edmonton, the steering suddenly went on the possessed car. It had a mind of its own, Albert would tell author Barbara Smith. Once he was able to gain control of his car again, he took it to a local mechanic who looked at the two out-of-towners as if they were slightly crazy. He could find nothing wrong with the car at all. On the couple's trip back home to Calgary, which is 342 kilometers or 212 miles in total from Gibbons, they would have to stop and spend the night at a hotel as the car just suddenly stopped and would not start halfway through their drive home. Again, the Model B Ford was checked by a mechanic who could not find anything wrong with the car at all and it started up just fine the next day. After finally making it home to Calgary, just weeks later the transmission would go and the couple could only drive in one gear. Finally, Albert was fed up and wanted to know what was going on with his car. After doing some research, he would find out that Margaret was in fact right. The previous owner had passed away in the vehicle. The dealer who sold the car to the couple had not told them this at the time. It wasn't long after Albert discovered this that the car was torn up by a wrecking yard so it could never cause anyone such a spooky situation ever again. It also allowed the car and the original owner to finally rest in peace together once and for all.
Ever since the fall of 1939, stories of the River Wraith, a spirit that haunts the Porcupine River located in the northern hamlet of Stony Rapids, Saskatchewan. The area has been prime hunting grounds for centuries and is located just 82 kilometers or 50 miles south of the Northwest Territories border. So not only does this Porcupine River get cold, it gets absolutely freezing Canadian cold. Tales have warned trappers for years to stay away from the banks in certain areas along the river. Claude Artaud was a known and experienced trapper in the area, and as Barbara Smith explains in her book, he was also known to always avoid the river banks of Porcupine River at all costs. As a boy, he came to the river with his father, who taught him everything he knows today. His father had always told him stories and warned him about the lost river wraith. Claude always took it as more of a tale of caution and didn't worry too much about it on any of their hunting trips. Until one hunting trip when Claude would hear a scream that was so loud and horrible, it was a shrieking type scream he had never heard before and it stopped him in his tracks. The awful sound traveled along the river and echoed off the banks. He was just less than a kilometer away from his father when he heard it. Claude immediately readied his rifle and headed towards the sound of the horrifying cry. He thankfully saw his father just up ahead and continued towards him. He called out to his father, but his father said nothing and just pointed towards the river with a look of great fear on his face. When Claude looked out to see what his father was so in fear of, all he saw was a cloud of vapor floating above the water as if something had just vanished very quickly. His father suddenly began to yell, Turn away! Don't come any closer! The legend of the Lost River Wraith came flooding back into Claude's head. Every story he had ever heard was rushing through. The wraith was said to be the ghost of a murdered man on the river. Anyone who sees his presence dies within a year, the legend states. Claude's father would finally make his way back down to his son on the riverbanks. The father and son would return home unharmed and never spoke of the incident again. Until three months later when Claude's healthy 52-year-old father passed away with what seemed to be little to no explanation at all. Scared the legend was indeed true and had taken his father, Claude would confide in his father's good friend Roger. Roger declared it was absolutely not the river wraith that took his father's life and that he would prove it to him by going to Porcupine River himself. Roger never ever returned from that trip to Porcupine River, so the curse of the River Wraith lives on. Our final tale today takes us to Airdrie, Alberta Air Park, which is a small airport located just north of Calgary. In the early 1990s, a very skilled pilot was sadly killed in a helicopter accident up in the Yukon. His family would shortly after his passing begin to sell off some of his planes. One of the planes was sold to a residence in Calgary named Clive, who stored his new aircraft at the Airdrie Air Park. The plane was a beauty for sure, a Piper J3 Cub. From around the 1940s, Clive was so excited for his new purchase and was looking forward to working on it as a side project. Once all the restorations were complete, he moved the aircraft out onto the tarmac and stored it next to his other plane. One day in 1992, 
Clive received a phone call he will never forget. The airport staff at the Airdrie Air Park called him to let him know that his plane had taken off, flown over another row of planes and landed perfectly on top of another. This had all taken place without a pilot as far as anyone knew. The plane itself had been physically tied down by its wings and its tail. The strangest part about the whole thing was the landing on top of another plane, meaning it had to be lined up just right as it hovered down to land on top of the other plane. Being out by as little as a few millimeters could have been disastrous. Clive and the airport staff were both pretty much speechless. Clive hung up the phone and headed out to the airport to see the site for himself. When he arrived, his beloved new Piper J3 Cub was indeed sitting on top of another plane. The part that really threw him for a loop was that the unknown pilot had managed to land his plane upside down on top of another plane, so both wings were touching, a feat unheard of or unseen by anyone at the airport grounds that day. The plane was perfectly balanced wings to wings, rudder to rudder. Witnesses claimed to see the plane hovering, flying upside down and as high as 328 feet in the air. The Piper J3 Cub did not have the engine power to complete these feats. A decision was made to tie the plane down where it sat and deal with it in the morning, because truth be told, at the time, no one knew what was with this haunted plane. Clive hopped back in his car and headed home, and as he did, he heard a very strange hovering noise. As he looked up, there was his plane right above his car, after it had just been tied down by himself and airport staff. After a few more strange occurrences with the plane, Clive decided to do some research on the plane's old owner. He found a newspaper article stating that the man had died in a helicopter accident in the southern Yukon Territory. That was when Clive put the pieces together as to why his plane was acting so strangely. It was acting like a helicopter, and then it hit him. It was being flown like a helicopter by its old owner's spirit. He was not ready to give up his love of flying just yet, or his beloved helicopter, and Clive could totally appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed these haunted tales today, my Canadian adventurers. Enjoy your Halloween, the rest of the spooky season, and stay safe. I'm Canadian Girl. Until next time, my friends. <laughs>